welcome to Cinema Hangover, where three completely unqualified individuals drink and talk about movies. My name is Shannon, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Oliver and Taylor. Hey. Yo, yo. And what are we drinking today, Oliver? Well, I mean, okay. The movie that we're talking about is Mission Impossible. I always do that. Dead, (laughs) Dead Reckoning Part 1, and... We're drinking a Hop Valley Brewing Company cryo stash. You can see where my head's at. I'm just like, what are we drinking? Screw the movie. (laughs) The reason that I picked this one out is because, I mean, Taylor's going to give us the synopsis, but Mm. there is a submarine Mm. under the ice, hence cryo, right? Oh, is that why you picked it? And then there's something that is needed off a submarine, hence stash. So cryo stash. I thought it was pretty clever. That was pretty fire. That is clever. The target... Pickups. (laughs) Pickups. <laughs> from. They don't have a whole lot of options, so. That's fair. So, Taylor, tell us about the latest Mission Impossible. So, this movie is picking up, I would say, quite some time after the sixth movie, which was Fallout. And Ethan Hunt and his team are basically enthralled into this mission to find this key that's been split into two halves that's associated with this self-aware AI that is threatening the world security and basically it's gone rogue. And what the world governments are wanting to do is try to capture it and harness it for their own control while Ethan wants to kill it. And as a result of this whole mission, he's also confronting enemies of his past and really confronting his own morality in terms of how he wants to keep his team safe. But what is he willing to sacrifice in order to fulfill the mission? And that's what this movie is exploring. He's always struggling with that. Exactly. And this is just a further exploration of that. Yeah. So Ethan Hunt, you know, played by Tom Cruise. Obviously. Tom Cruise. At this point, I think everybody. The baby blood drinker. Uh, (laughs) He's always like one one step ahead of the game. Is it Botox? Is it baby blood? The world uh, may never know. In this movie, the... the, the AI kind of acts like that. Like it's constantly mm-hmm. one. It's it's like the algorithm that it has predicts every move that he's going to make. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like that they did like an AI type thing just because that's been so big recently. Very is like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, we've talked about how like every Mission so Impossible movie is like a capsule of the time that it's made. We Very much so. And episodes yeah. about it. Yeah. And it feels like, yeah, this is the AI conversation is big right now. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. feels like that's something that could actually happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's kind of cool. Became self-aware and then decide, you know. Take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Well, it's interesting too, because when you think about the process of what it takes to make a film and all that jazz, like they've been doing this for like, what, two, three years? It's only like how long it takes before a film's actually released. So they actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fair, fair. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mission Impossible as a whole. I was like. Oh, "Oh, no. no. (laughs) This has been going on way longer. (laughs) He's going to age real quick. (laughs) But no, it's just the idea that they already had this in mind. At quite some time before, it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about AI and let's make this the yeah. focus of the movie. And the fact that as it's released and it becomes so much of a pertinent topic, like, oh wow, it's like it's hitting. It's one of those things where it released at the right time and the right place type of deal. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very um good decision that they decided to go with this. Yeah, there's not really any like spoilers in this movie, is there? Not I mean, necessarily. I mean, I well, feel like actually, all the yeah, Mission Impossible I mean, one... movies are kind of the same. So the, yeah, like, I don't know. I think. I mean, I don't know. I, like, there's definitely spoilers for like how the plot develops because this is part one of a two part. Yeah, I mean, movies. I guess that's true. Like how it ends is a. Pretty you don't big really, you don't really get. 
I think that a full ending because it's a part one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, speaking to that though, I do think that this works pretty well as its own movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yes, there's a lot of there's quite a few things that are not answered, but Mm -hmm. unlike like I don't know, Dune Part One, this or like Harry Potter, like Part One of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but when do they plan on coming out with Part Two? I think in like two years. See, that just like doesn't work for me. I mean, same thing happened with Dune. Because it's like, I know, and that's just like... But Dune did work for you. You like Dune. Honestly, when the by the time the second one comes out, it's not going to work for me. Also, Spider-Verse I mean, it will. Dune, it's just thing. I'm going to have to rewatch the first one. And also, Spider-Verse is doing the same thing. Well, Spider-Verse is being... That's a totally different thing. Spider-Verse is being forced to do that right now because it got pushed indefinitely because of the strikes going on. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on. I thought, like, the way they made that film... I know it's a bit of a mini tangent, but it's just the idea of, like, splitting movies in half... But with how the latest Spider-Verse ended... I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Oh. Well. Yeah, just stop. Yeah. Okay, well... But <laughs> as far as the release goes... Damn, you guys not like, cool enough to watch live movies. <laughs> it was supposed to be released like two years later, but now it's pushed indefinitely because of the strike. Wait, so indefinitely? Guys, yeah. Oh, damn. As it should, support writers. I don't know. I don't... I mean, fair, I'm not a huge, like, fair. part one, part two, unless it's going to be coming out in, like, within a year. Because then I forget what happens, and then I That's have watch to watch again. it again, oh and I just don't like doing that. Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> it sounds like the movie industry is trying to take oh all God, of yeah. my time away from me. All <laughs> of your time well, away I mean, from to you. a degree, it like kind of does you with know, like streaming services you know, and everything. You know what Shannon yeah. would be doing if she was in that movie theater <laughs> yesterday or day before yesterday? She would have been sitting at home on TikTok for three hours. I would have been watching TV. On TikTok. Okay, so with that being said. Okay. You know what I've noticed about the Mission Impossible movies? Is the ending, like the big ending stunt yeah like the set piece and all that stuff right yeah i feel like is the same stunt but with listen just listen the same stunt but with a different maybe not object kind of object like okay spoiler alert there is a train in this one that's Mm -hmm. falling down the mountain Mm -hmm. and the last one it was a helicopter falling down the mountain Mm -hmm. and then the one I can't remember the one before that, but he was falling down a building. That like, was you're, that was not the ending though. That was then there is like, something. yeah, I don't know. It's just like always the same stunts, but with a different automobile or something like that. I don't. That's how I don't I think. Feel. Yeah, I mean, I guess that if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I, I disagree. Like, what? I mean, it's still cool. Yeah, don't I don't. I don't wrong. feel like it's the same thing over and over again. I feel like it's. Kind of like John Wick in that it's mm-hmm. these big mm-hmm. action set pieces. And yeah, maybe the setting is different or maybe the vehicle is different. But they are they are different from time, like from, from movie to movie. But yeah, it's like these big action set pieces. And for me, it works every time. No, it's like, like again, it's, if you like, it was still enjoyable, but I just couldn't help but be like, huh. It's interesting. A helicopter fell down the mountain multiple times in the last one. This one had multiple train cars falling down the mountain. Like I don't really know what else you would do. Well, that's why you got to think outside the yeah. box. Hit, hit your Mission Impossible <laughs> ending right now. 
he dives into a volcano Fail. and <laughs> doesn't incinerate. So doesn't he, incinerate. Instead, so now and now instead no of a, instead of a helicopter falling down, it's him falling down. It's like, still <laughs> technically a mountain. It's just a mountain. To me, to me the <laughs> maybe he needs to fall up instead to of down. <laughs> just like floats up. Yeah, oh, oh, Ethan Hunt goes to space. Yeah, maybe we'll <laughs> That's get there. Probably the next. I swear one. to God, that would be funny. Actually, we'll probably we'll probably get. Please there. don't let this I become like a fast situation like it's actually but, a grounded uh, type of like speaking of fast and furious because i, I don't oh. want to talk about fast no and this, Wait, this i'm curious to how this is gonna this, be connected it's connected oh it's fucking connected sorry i'm getting excited <laughs> um have you watched the last fast no furious? okay i, I stopped watching well, fast furious like a long time ago that's where you're just messing up oh in life. really really um <laughs> it quite literally this movie has literally the same exact scene as Fast and Furious. Which one? Oh my God! You're no. using literally wrong. Oh, because it it's not... literally. It is literally. <laughs> it literally the car <laughs> falls <laughs> down the same exact stairs in Rome. Oh, I know what you're talking a, about. Just because you're okay. No, yeah. the, it's a whole like chase sequence in a car, and then the car has to go down the stairs because it was pushed off the stairs, and then it just, and then the other big car goes down the stairs after it. And so, except for in Fast and Furious, I don't think it was a car. I think it was a ball or something like that. So it's not but it's literally like the same. Literally the same exact sequence. So what Shannon? I is, felt like I was watching Fast. Uh, and I Furious. want to get back on on track, but what Shannon is basically saying <laughs> is that if a car goes downstairs, then it is copying Fast and Furious. It is literally <laughs> the same exact stair <laughs> case. In in oh Italy. Goodness. Okay. Okay. <sighs> sure. All right. Anyways, what yes. I was going to say is what mm-hmm. I think is similar between every single Mission Impossible movie is not the action set piece at the end, but instead it's it's really funny to me, and they kind of talk about it a little bit in this one, that every Mission Impossible is basically just Ethan Hunt going rogue. Oh, every yeah. Single one, every yes. single one. And there was one and moment fly- in this. And finding a burnout woman. There was, there was yeah. in this one, it was like. Oh, yeah. Oh. Even the yeah. detective yeah. was kind of like, he does this all the time. Like, why, <laughs> isn't it, like, Wait, why is anyone stopping this know, But he actually presents, like, his, what was it? The guy he was talking to, like, the young dude, he was like, but doesn't, don't they always do the right thing? Like, isn't the world safe, like, yeah. every single fucking time? And it's like, well, yeah, but it's like, so what makes this any different? Yeah. It's like, like, dang, what the he, fuck? He hasn't been wrong yet. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. It's like, well, at least the movie's aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And I, I guess one of the first questions, I don't even know how to really talk about this movie because it's just, it's Mission Impossible. It's literally the same thing. Well, it's, well, well, it's not literally. It's I keep not. saying literally. It's not literally <laughs> well, the same thing. That actually does present, both comments that you guys have present an interesting point. Because as I was watching this film, after, now to give further context, this film was released before Barbie and Oppenheimer, but we actually saw Barbie and Oppenheimer before we got a chance to see Mission Impossible because scheduling and show. Yeah. So when you take into consideration watching those type of films that are pretty dense in terms of like what they're trying to cover. And then you watch just a pure action blockbuster fest that is mission impossible. Mm-hmm. At least from my experience, it was definitely quite interesting having such a stark difference of experience. It, yeah, I, I, had a I, good... I don't want to say too much cause I definitely do want to do an episode on Barbie and Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. but it, this is one of those movies that like, no matter like the mood you're in, you're gonna go into it and you're gonna have fun watching it because yeah, it's just like I had, I had a, a really fun good, action I really movie. Like I was fucking tired when we went and saw this movie, mm-hmm. and it was like a late night show. It was <laughs> yeah, it was. And I'm somebody that like I have fallen asleep in movies before when we go to the movie theaters and it's late. 
But this is not a movie that I feel like you can fall asleep to, really, just because it's like there's always something going on oh, and yeah. it's like fun and entertaining. I think it's a, a tiny bit long for, for what it is. I think it it's, is. It's a little bit longer than it needs to be. But yeah, it is. It is. It, go, it moves fast. It's an action movie. I, I actually had a pretty good conversation with someone I work with. Shout mm-hmm. out to Stuart if you're listening. I don't hey. think, oh, I love Stuart. I don't think he's... <laughs> anyways. <laughs> I, uh, but we were talking about it and it's like, it's just like a popcorn flick. It's like, it is very it's, much a popcorn yeah. flick. And I will yeah. say as much as I... And I, I won't talk about, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer, but mm-hmm. I, I guess a spoiler for how I feel about those is I like them. I won't say any more than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, as much as I like those movies, it is kind of refreshing to have like a palate cleanser that's not a movie trying to be really dense in what it's talking about or super heavy. It's just kind of like a fun action movie. Yeah. And I think it's Mission Impossible has hit this stride in the past, I guess, four movies now mm. where it's become like very aware of what it is. It's not trying to be goofy. It plays it straight all the time. Mm. But it like it knows that you're coming here to watch like, you know, Tom Cruise do crazy stunts, act over the top action. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not trying to... I feel like it's no longer trying to figure out its footing like it was in the first, like, three Mission Impossibles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, changing, that was an experience. Changing tone every single one. Like, now they've kind of figured it out. They know what people are, like, looking for. Kind of yeah. like John Wick. Yeah. I'll, I keep drawing that comparison probably like I did in the last episode. Because it's, like, the Mission most Impossible. contemporary, like, comparison yeah. that you can make. Yeah. But they kind of have figured it out. And it's just, like, a fun movie. It's, like, mm-hmm. you can sit down and you can watch it. And that's why, like, I don't have a problem with action set pieces being maybe just slightly altered or whatever, because it's like, it's always fun, mm-hmm. you know? I guess the thing with me, and maybe this was why for myself, as I was going into this discussion, I was curious to see how you guys would think about it, because from walking away from films that are th- so thought-provoking, like Oppenheimer in particular, and, you know, also Barbie with, mm-hmm. like, the various themes it's trying to explore, it's it kind of left me feeling as if, when I was watching Mission Impossible, yeah, it was, like, fun to see, like, Ethan Hunt and, like, that whole experience, seeing the continuation of the story, seeing new cast members brought in and seeing how they are incorporated into the whole, like, universe and all that stuff. It's really cool. But it felt, like, not shallow, not empty, but there was, like, there was, like, I was pining for more. But, again, maybe it's because I just came, came over from, from such, like, dense movies. Like, yeah. I don't know if, I feel like I'm not even saying that right. But, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, again, like, not giving away too much but like i when and we'll watch we'll have watched this again by the time we do an episode on oppenheimer mm-hmm. um i don't feel like me and oliver watched it at a good time because we went and watched it after work late at night mm-hmm. and had to work the next day mm-hmm. we were exhausted in it mm-hmm. with it being such a I think we shouldn't say too much. Yeah. I think with already... it being the movie that it is mm-hmm. like it just that wasn't a good time mm-hmm. and yeah. Watch it. But then we turned around the next day and did Mission Impossible. Same same situation. Late at night, having to go to work. And it was two different experiences. And I think it's because mm. Mission Impossible is just like a lighthearted, like not a thought-provoking movie. Yeah. You know? And I, I <clears throat> the only reason that I, I think the Barbie Oppenheimer Mission Impossible conversation is even warranted is because they all came out like within a week or two of each other. We yeah. all watched it and, back and, to back to back <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also talking about like, I'm kind of also talking about like when they came out was important because mm-hmm. it's, you know, everybody's watching these movies at the same time. Yeah, it's the summer blockbuster season, yeah. It's movies like these, like three movies like these where it's like, it's not really fair to compare them because I think they no. all scratch their own itch. And we'll, again, Shannon wants to talk about 
Barbenheimer, and we can do that <laughs> at a different time. Yeah. But as far as Mission Impossible goes, for me, it scratches the itch of just being a movie that I can... It's not even like I'm shutting my brain off. It's not like Fast and Furious, like we've already talked about. It's like you can be engaged in it, and you can have fun with it, but it's not trying to necessarily be incredibly thought-provoking or yeah. change the game mm-hmm. or pose any inc- like crazy questions. It just kind of like is this... Uh, yeah, popcorn flick, blockbuster. Yeah. It's like the big summer blockbuster, and it's fun. Yeah, and that actually makes a lot of sense, like the way that you guys have been explaining it, how when you watch a film uh, that has like such density, whether it's long or whatever the case may be, it's just like subject matter, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the right mindset to like experience that, mm-hmm. it can be draining. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like energy you're putting into the film yeah. and investment versus Mission I don't Impossible. even know if like draining is the right word to mm. either, too. Like I think it just like, takes away from the experience a little bit right if you're not and like fully n- nothing yeah. nothing to do well, with and the movie we, at all right 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 but just like there are certain movies that you have to be like pres- really yeah. present for to get a good experience out of it um and i think that's part of the reason like mission impossible can keep making movies right and same thing with like john wick and fast and furious God, is it's I like they stop making fast and they furious will movies. never but please but it's like people are always gonna go to them and people are always gonna have fun whether it's, it's like, like why transformers continues even though that's that shit like also needs to go down god damn it yeah but it's like people will go to it and they'll enjoy it no matter what no yeah, matter the I, mood you're I in i guess like i guess like the best way i can put it is that we have talked about some like truly fantastic movies on this podcast. Like, this podcast has led me to watch movies that I hadn't seen before and experienced for the first time and all those things. And, so, and some Same of them here. are instant classics and some of them have become like my favorite movies of all time. Same that here. being said, I'll probably watch Mission Impossible more times than I will most movies that we've talked about on this podcast, specifically because of, of the allowed of the, uh, you know, it allows me to not have to engage with it the same way that I would a movie like Portrait of a Lady on fire mm-hmm. or even like bones and all yeah. or your name it's something that or, you can like throw name. on and watch yeah and you can just turn it on it doesn't really of. it doesn't really ask too much of you but Ooh. it's not necessarily so dumb that you like don't even want to pay attention mm-hmm. you know what you know? i just came up with a silly analogy that might work and mo- a dense movie is like when you go on to like a fine dining experience it's great to have because it's atmospheric it's it's expensive food but it's the experience that's like worthwhile and you remember it because it's like so extravagant and it's like there but certain movies that are rewatchable it's like you go into like your favorite restaurant that's like mid-tier it's you like to go to it because it's like fun you have good memories and all that jazz yeah. and it's like a nice you know it's not too expensive it's right mid-tier and it's it's good mm-hmm. yeah and, you and you know, i feel I don't like even... certain movies like what you're describing it's like that yeah you know and yeah. i don't even i don't even think that mission Impossible is like mid-tier necessarily because it but I get what you're saying. I get the right, analogy. Right, right, right. I agree with the yeah. analogy. It just, I just think that Mission Impossible is kind of this this rare-ish movie in that like it knows what it is, but it doesn't it doesn't lean into it. Like it's not on the increasing insanity meter that That's I guess, Fast and Furious. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it never tries. It's not like trying to. It doesn't have power creep. If we're using in like an anime term, that, that's like, actually it, a good way to describe it, it. Yeah, it doesn't have that like constantly trying to love. Like yes, the stakes. I mean, the stakes are basically always that the world is in of, peril. Do you think part of that is... <laughs> but it has some grounding to it, yeah. yeah. Do you think part of that is, though, the, the fact that, like, you have Tom Cruise on set and you have somebody that's, like, willing to do his own stunts? I think... I, no, I, because I think, it's, like... I think for me... Because if if you have somebody that's not doing their own stunts and they're doing, like, something 
crazy or whatever, it's just going to become like ridiculous because they don't need somebody. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like involved in the stunt or whatever. Right. And maybe it's maybe it's like a little bit more enjoyable because it's a little more air quotes realistic. Because I mean, Tom Cruise is actually doing doing these stunts. He's literally jumped off a fucking cliff on a motorcycle with a parachute. That's it's crazy. Insane. And that so we've and again, like I feel like this is the callback episode of our podcast, but it's. I've talked about that like ad nauseum where I I I am a sucker for practical effects, mm-hmm. tangible things. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a sucker for like it's actual real. yeah, like <laughs> actual real things because yeah. I don't care what you tell me. Maybe in 20 years I can come back to this and I'll point the finger and laugh at myself, but where CGI is right now, it just basically never looks the same as a real thing. Well, okay. As turn and, and I'm I'm not saying like graphics aren't stellar or right. photorealistic i'm saying specifically like in terms of action and explosions and like car crashes and things like those things and the reason that's that cgi at least for me will it at least as it is right now is not nearly as convincing is because if you've ever seen things explode or break or crash or whatever you yeah. know that they don't behave in the way that it is in CGI. It's not right. fluid in that sense. Right. And so when you see someone jump off a cliff on a motorcycle, oh uh, yeah, a real person jump off a cliff on a motorcycle and then deploy a parachute, it's not glossy. It's jerky and weird, and it like it's it looks different. Right. And it's so much that same scene in CGI would not have been nearly mm-hmm. nearly as enthralling, even though you know that he's gonna make it and he's alive and all those like. Right. It it would not work the same way. It's the same reason why Terminator Two still holds up so well because they actually mm. fly a fucking helicopter underneath a bridge in real life, and it what? like yeah. I mean that's not the only reason, but like they're they're actually like blowing things up and breaking windows, oh, yeah. and it just looks more convincing. So no, I, I I absolutely agree with you, and that's one of the reasons why whenever there's a behind the scenes breakdown and they talk about like this was actually practical and stuff, like holy shit, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, absolutely appreciate that. The only thing that came to mind as you were talking about how with CGI, it can't be replicated in a way that makes it look realistic. A part of me just had an immediate like counter like comment where it was like, if you give the visual effects artists enough time, they can make shit look damn good. Yeah, definitely. I'm not, and I, that's not a jab at visual effects. Right, right, right. No, it definitely can it's, look good. It, it can just, look damn good, but it will never can like, I will never I've, look real. real. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I, I've, I have, I don't think I've ever had, and I'm not talking about like, um, if you're like, looking for like CGI, you will see it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even no talking matter about how good like, it is. I'm yeah. not talking about like pickup shots or like anything like that. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, like implementing backgrounds or things like that because those can be seamless. I'm talking right. about like a full on effect. Blowing like, up I'm a talking car. about an entire scene that is all CGI that is like an, specifically like an action CGI scene. Mm-hmm. It, I will never not be able to know. At least, like if you're blowing up a car, you're gonna see, you're gonna know if it's CGI versus if a car actually blew up. I still, I still, every time something actually blows up in a movie, like a real life serious explosion, yeah, and it's a real fireball, I, I like immediately regress into being like seven year old Oliver. I'm like, oh shit, you know, (laughs) smiling, like just super giddy. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just like, but a, a CGI explosion, they're par for the course you see yeah. them all the time and it doesn't yeah. look nearly as, as convincing 
Yeah, I, I, I can and so I that. guess where I'm going with that is that I appreciate that Mission Impossible, and specifically Tom Cruise, still takes that really seriously and still wants to do I think a lot of that stunts. is Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah I don't think I feel a good like, chunk of it is Tom Cruise. I feel like the directors, producers, whoever would make that call would probably prefer he not do it. I don't know, but I feel like they probably... Maybe over time. Maybe that. over time they're like a little more comfortable with it, but... Let, let me ask you this really quick, just as a quick little tangent. Mm. First of all, do you know how old Tom Cruise is? He's like in he's his like 50s. 54, he's something. 54. 50. How old is he? He's like in his 50s, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's 61. What? Yeah. What's <laughs> not? Yeah, he's 61. What the yeah. fuck? No. I mean, and no, that makes sense because in Top Gun, he was like, what, in yeah. his 20s? And in, I was like in, in the 80s? No, he's yeah. not. In your, in your reactions tells me the next question I was going to ask, which is, could you tell? And no, you can't really. I mean, <gasps> I'm looking at him because I don't know. He looks great. Holy shit, he's 61. Yo, yeah. yo, I need to get on that, whatever the hell, not yeah. the baby blood and he Botox. Looks really, but he, looks, he looks really <laughs> good, but more, that, so. more so like just flowers to Tom Cruise for being able to still do this stuff. Like, Wait, what? He's running, he's fighting, he's yeah. jumping I knew off he was older, but I thought he was like still like young 50s. Young no, 51. Yeah. That's fucking wild that's incredible does you know, that change how you feel about the movie oh, at all i'm gonna start drinking baby blood that's what i'm gonna start doing oh. i don't think that's something that you should say on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i that being what's so, his religion I, scientology <laughs> yeah, God. what i was gonna ask though is that did, at any point did you at any that's point child. <laughs> at any point was it not convincing like did at any point where you're like ah he's an old man like doesn't look no like he okay can okay there mm. no not to that point but I will say very first scene of Tom, Tom Cruise being on on the on the movie I guess like um, when he's revealed for like yeah, uh, from the shadows yeah, yeah I was like oh he's looking a little older yeah I mean like, a little though. older not sixty not sixty no like honestly that. he looks he looks like he's in his forties. Not only that, but I'm remembering uh, in the last film that I saw him in, Top Gun Maverick, as just a bit of a side note, he was on the beach scene like with all the other like you know new cadets and soldiers mm-hmm. stuff, and his shirt was off and all that jazz. I'm like, holy shit, he looks fit as fuck. He's a good yeah. looking I man need still. to get at that level when I'm his age. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. He looks better than us right now as we're 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like, man, I need to fix 20s. this. Let's go. <laughs> so all, all That's of that. That's fucking wild. That is yeah. awesome, yeah. All of that being said, I guess we should probably talk about this movie specifically, right? Like, it, <laughs> right. Well, it's fascinating too, because like, yes, we're going to steer into the movie, but like, when you consider the contextual elements behind it, like considering Tom Cruise's age, like the emphasis God, on practicality crazy. and doing his own stunts, and the fact that, as Shannon was mentioning earlier, that because this film has a lot of those realistic elements to it, it kind of keeps it anchored in reality yeah. versus. When you have everything CGI, like in films like Transformers, Fast, uh, Fast Fears, and stuff like that, you basically it kind of like floats away on its own because oh, you like you have the ability to do it. Why not just go for it? But right. in this film, it keeps that believability well enough as you can muster when it comes down to like what's happening because it keeps you connected, it keeps you like invested, and it's like holy shit. And like, the stakes I, feel a lot more real when it's a real person, yeah, doing these crazy stunts. Another thing I appreciate about the Mission Impossible films, they've done this especially since Ghost Protocol, is that. When they do some insane shit in this film, they do it especially Tom Cruise or any of like the characters that are involved. They're like, this is insane. There's no way we can actually do this. He's like, yeah, I have no idea if I can do this either, but I'm going to give it a shot because I have no fucking choice. And mm-hmm. I love that. They recognize that this is bat shit, but he's going to try anyway. And it's a way to showcase the characters 
like unique traits and how he realizes that he's a mortal man. He can he can only do so much, but he's still willing to do it. He is literally Ethan Hunt. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't know if he's literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess maybe the character. But yeah, sixty-one. Yeah, pretty crazy. But no, I, I guess where I fall with this movie, everything that we've just said, mm. um, I, I, I really enjoy. I enjoy all the Mission Impossible movies for different reasons. The last mm. few, it's just like it's insane to me that we're on like movies. What six or seven? Seven. seven. And it just continues to be this like I feel like very high caliber quality. Oh yeah, movie, and I'm not, and I'm not. That's not to be confused with it being like, you know, I don't know. Oh yeah, this is like a more Scorsese piece. Like, no, or something, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, but like they're they're really just like consistently delivering these at seven movies deep, like pretty damn good action movies. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. high quality in terms of like for an action movie and, flick. It's not like a throw into the dumpster like oh this is just gonna pass type of deal. Like no, they actually give a shit. About yeah, this and and I think with this one. Being part one of a, of a two part movie, you know, series mm. that it's really good on its own. I will say though, really quick, mm. and I'm, this isn't necessarily spoiling my review or rating of it. Um, I think I liked Fallout a tiny bit better. I can agree. One. I can agree because I don't there's a lot. What you gave Fallout? I don't oh. remember what I gave Fallout either. I'll say like I enjoyed this movie, but I do think I'm getting to a point where. I don't really have a whole lot to say in a podcast episode about it. Right. Well, Just I think because that's why I think it like f- more reflecting on this series as a whole now with this newest entry. Right. Yeah. Like the movie itself, there's not a whole lot to talk about other than there's some really crazy action yeah. set pieces. I think the cast is all They're still all different really movies, good. but they're all like very similar in a lot of ways. And I think that's why it like I think it's gonna get harder the more movies come out well, that, we continue I think that's, to that's the biggest, review them well that, i think that's the biggest reason why it seems like with this film and the next one i think these that's like the last one that's it that's mm-hmm. we're done you think so yeah i hope so really? because they got to cut it out they got to cut it out he's gonna be like a hundred years just old made the new still... indiana jones and he's like seven they oh, yeah. they dug I up that grave of a film franchise <laughs> and they fucking frankenstein the fuck out. i haven't seen the film but i there's swear a point... tom, tom cruise is gonna live to be a hundred and he's gonna make another Mission Impossible before he dies. Honestly, Maybe. there is a point of where you need to stop. Like, like as an example, total sad side point, but Futurama just came out with a new season. Yeah. And they, not exactly a spoiler, but slightly, they kind of make jabs at the whole idea, like, oh, the show's coming back. Because they've always done that to a degree, but they really, they really, yeah, they really kind of meta, like, analyze it. So the creators themselves recognize it's a point where you got to stop. And I think... Mission Impossible is wise enough to say we gotta stop, but we're gonna stop on our own terms. Are they wise I, enough though? Like, I hope they're, so. They're still bringing in the money. I don't give a shit. This and point, we gotta think, stop. Again, like I think they're gonna continue bringing in the money just because it's one of here's those where, like, fun here's, movies. Yeah, here's where I think I stand on it: is as long as they continue to deliver the quality movies that they have shown that they have in the in you know the past however many, I'm like I'm okay with it. I agree that they're here's here's I am I am okay with it, but here's here's where I'll, here's where I'll add a like eighty old Talcuzo. No, no, no. Here's here's where I'll add here's where where I'll add a caveat, which is like gonna have his little walker <laughs> with like rocket boosters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's fucking losing with his walker on Clint. He's flips and shit. <laughs> Taylor, I think that you and I are gonna 
just create the next vision. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna fall down the fall down the mountain with his rocker, <laughs> and then fly back up with his rockets on his rocker. <laughs> Fucking love that little and tennis balls, <laughs> little tennis balls, anti gravity tennis balls. He's like, <laughs> like floating. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like judging us on court. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you gotta save me, Ethan. Hunt. I got you. <laughs> Old man Tom Cruise <laughs> saving the day. <laughs> Come on, Gramps, you gotta save the world. another woman like i said he always does yeah he does actually the only thing i was gonna say the only thing i was gonna say is that i think that it works until it doesn't and at some point yeah there will come a point where it's like ah but it's like it's like you know how you have to know where to stop and they haven't shown that they're you know ramping down by any means but at the same point you have to do you have to bring a franchise to the point where you, like, okay, it has to go down? Or do you want to stop right before that point? No, you want to leave on a super high note. And that's what they're trying to do. I hope that's what they're trying to do now. Yeah, I don't know. They should. For the love yeah. of God. They but should. I don't know. Because also, there is also the, as we were talking about power creep when it comes down to certain films, it's also an element of stake creep. And I think, like, as an example, the MCU is dealing with that situation right well, now. The MCU is a fucking dumpster fire. It's <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, God, yeah. because yeah, there's only so much you can do uh, when it comes down to stakes before, You know what I'm so mad like, about, though? Up. Yeah. Is there DCs coming out with, what is it, Blue Beetle? Oh, yeah. Right after I just had arguments with people about how I think DC makes better movies than Marvel, and Ooh. then they're coming out with this shit. <laughs> you know that's going to be bad. I don't think... Uh, here's my prediction. Okay, Oliver, God, why think? am I talking about Blue Beetle in our mission? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can stop, but I'm right, just right, saying... Right. Ugh, well, I, don't, I don't know that it... Yeah, okay. Anyways. Well, well, that, what I'm tr- trying to say here is that when you have stakes such as, you know, oh, a uh, virus is going to come out. Oh, now a bomb's going to go out. That's nuclear. Oh, there's like an AI that's going to go out. Like, there's only so much you can do with the stakes that eventually gets kind of ridiculous. So sometimes you kind of have to cap off but so you don't it? go too don't, far. Yeah, because, I, I mean, the world just progressively gets way more fucked. I mean, true. So, (laughs) if Mission Impossible just, you know... You know, I don't... I guess I don't know... Sticks with that. I don't know Maybe aliens will be next, because apparently there's aliens now. You know, I don't know that the stakes... (laughs) Like, the the stakes have ever been why I, I, like, get invested in it. It's more Mm. so, like, the action... Mm The camaraderie, sure. that type of stuff, like like fast and furious. I do I'm think like, it is cool though that they like tie in like real life stuff into the sure, movie, like yeah. the AI. I oh mean, yeah, I'm, unlike Marvel, which was building for however many years to this like, fifteen years, yeah, yeah, this this like ultimate point where yeah, it's like 10, 15, yeah, the universe is gonna end, and then they completed that entire thing, and now they're in this like period where they're trying to well, where where we go from a universe level threat. Mm multi-universe yeah. yeah yeah mission impossible is like oh you, i'm gonna blow up the america oh i'm there's a fire like it's 
way smaller scales. They haven't taken it to a point where it, it's very grounded. I mean, like, it stays yeah. within means of what one actual human being, I mean, relatively, relatively yeah. could accomplish. You know, you know, as I'm thinking about this, <clears throat> as I'm making this point about, you know, Mission Impossible, that could also be said for James Bond as well. And I'm like, ah, shit. And that franchise is going like crazy. But we should watch the James Bond. That movies. would be awesome. Maybe not for a podcast. I don't think we should do another like like series like, series, like that action but. series like this. But I do think we should watch it and kind of like compare. Compare. Well, like as an example, I recently had a chance to rewatch the whole like Daniel Craig saga with a friend of mine who has not seen the good chunk of James Bond films. Like, oh sweet, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's an example of ooh, actually, shoot, that actually brings up a really good point. If you compare say, James Bond, the Daniel Craig saga as a prime example. That's actually a good comparative to, like, Mission Impossible because they're kind of parallel franchises, spy, espionage type of, like, setup and saving the world and all that jazz. But the thing about the Daniel Craig ones, and I think this might be one of the reasons why Fallout stands out in comparison to uh, Dead, Dead Reckoning, is mm-hmm. that there is a subtext of, like, character development and all that stuff that's going on. Yes, the action stands out, but there's also more with the characters and the story elements and plot that's going on with the Daniel Craig films. Well, with Mission Impossible, they try to hint on that, like especially with number three and a little bit moving forward, they kind of have more emphasis on characters and stuff like that. And I think Fallout did a bit more with the plotting and characters comparison to this one, because with this one, they had to split it up two movies. But yeah, I mean, with, with I, think, Impossible, I think yeah. the original, I, not the, I shouldn't say original, mm. Or rather, I guess, yeah, the original Daniel Craig trilogy of James Bond movies, I agree. But then I feel like the past two. two yeah, it was three, yeah, it was two. There's two? five in total. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the past two, I don't know if I agree with that so much. Mm. Um, I think Mission Impossible is part of what makes it fun is that they can't, they are just kind of like also isolated movies, except for the last couple or three, I guess, maybe the last three. There, you can watch them on their own. Yes, there are reattur- like returning characters, but it's not necessarily like you have to know their thing. It helps. It's it helps. Yeah, it adds to it if you watch all of them, right? You know, but yeah. I, like, I don't know that besides the ones that are directly correlated with his wife, really. Oh yeah. I don't know that you need to watch all of them, and they're kind of just fun on their own. That's true. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's an it's an interesting comparison because the Daniel Craig James Bond movies are far more toned down than the Mission Impossible ones. Mm, yeah, in terms of, As, yeah. In terms of, stuff, like, yeah. scope and and action, and they're mm-hmm. much more grounded, mm-hmm. I yeah. think, in, in realism. Versus, like, say, for instance, the... I will say this. Like, that. that's just reminded me of... As I was thinking about how the Mission Impossible films stand out with their grandiosity of, like, how big the set pieces are, the one that really stood out was... This was Mission Impossible 5, I believe, Rogue Nation, where they had to go into this underwater, basically, coolant, like, cooling area yeah, for, like, yeah, a giant yeah. server. Mm-hmm. The shit they came, could they come up with, and also, I think that's the thing that really draws in, that actually drew me into the Mission Impossible series, especially after, like, number three, is, yeah, number four to six definitely emphasize on this a hell of a lot in what I'm about to say. When they have a mission and they're trying to solve this ridiculous puzzle of, like, how to infiltrate execute and get through this major heist or whatever they have to do them trying to figure out okay how do we get in what routes can we take what type of shit do we have to strain ourselves in order to be able to accomplish this all that jazz i think that's the thing about heist movies like those that really stand out 
because that's what the Mission Impossible movies are very much like. They're spy thrillers, but also kind of like heist movies where they're exploring, like trying to solve this elaborate puzzle. And it's really fun to see them plan it out, try to prep and execute. That's fun. And did they do a lot of that in this one? No, it's mainly just chase scenes. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what I might have been missing in this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're they're really trying to look for an object. That's like yeah. the entire... Actually, that's what the, the next one will be too, because spoiler alerts, not that we've really talked too much about the plot yeah. <laughs> of this movie. But um, yeah, they're looking for two halves of this key that, mm-hmm. that you know, can control the source or can access the source code to this AI parasitic virus thing that can like mm-hmm. infiltrate world world banking and mm-hmm. governments and all these things can access anybody yeah. and can completely alter the digital timeline and can alter like camera footage it's it's like super menacing in that way yeah it's like imagining um, like all the things that are digital have becoming a conscious self-aware entity like all of it interconnecting and becoming self-aware and being able to manipulate anything it wants that's yeah, so including freaky. live streams and yeah. stuff, it can like change. It can, yeah, it, it text messaging and text all that. Text messaging, jazz. yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Like in that way, it's a pretty insane scope for yeah, it's, it. It's wild because I've just been seeing so much like AI shit going on right now, and mm-hmm. it's like scary. But, yeah, and then you watch this movie, and it's like, shit. oh. It's fucking. It's actually like, really scary. Like, it's yeah. so it's scary. But, but this movie, they're basically looking for the the two halves of this key. While People are gonna start getting so like scammed out of everything because of AI. To and, and a degree, yeah, maybe. And I think it's, yeah. But anyway, all I was gonna say is that part right. one is like finding this key and also trying to stay away from uh, Gabriel, who's played by Esai Morales, mm-hmm. who's like working for what they call the entity. That's what this the AI entity. is. Yeah. Um. And there's some sort of backstory between Ethan Hunt and Gabriel that isn't really explained I, a whole lot. Um, gosh, most I'm so glad that you brought second, that up because I like I completely forgot about that. Who is this woman? Oh, oh so he, Gabriel is a guy. No, no, no. The woman that kills the woman like, that. Pl- he, spoiler alert: He kills a woman, Gabriel and we see kills this woman. And, we see flashbacks of that, and that's why. And that's kind of what I was meaning about like this movie being, I think. It's good on its own, but there there is definitely like unanswered questions that if you think about, you yeah, know, you're gonna look for in part two. And and I don't know who that woman is. Obviously, Ethan Hunt. If has we don't some, find out who that woman will, is, right? I'm gonna be pissed. That's a major plot point of the entire thing. But mm. what I was gonna say is that part two obviously is gonna be them another, taking this key, another burn, and, burnett and woman taking this key <laughs> and finding the submarine where this source code is from. Yeah, right. Um, which is underneath. The ice and the water, which is why I got cryostash. But yeah. well, the with what you guys were mentioning about how it was revealing that backstory that's never been mentioned in the previous films, that's something that I kind of noticed they tried to do with each of the films to try to build some element of the world building when it comes down to the Any films, but long... it's not breaking it. To, <laughs> and, at least yeah, yeah. Too I, much I think it. I think it doesn't feel at like least it. Not that I found yet. Yeah. Mission Impossible is a pretty good job of doing what a lot of long-running series uh, do, which is it, it they have to kind of be revisionary in their history a little right. bit, but also not be completely... Contradictory. Uh, yeah, contradictory to what's happened. Like, why was this never talked about? Why was mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah? And we've never really seen... We, we just always knew Ethan Hunt in the, the Impossible Mission Force. You yep. never ever saw what that was like beforehand. Mm-hmm. And this is hinting to what got him into the IMF. Yeah. 
Um, Which is pretty cool. And and they do that a lot where they'll like kind of add in little bits and pieces of history that he has with people. And it always, it's so far it's worked. Yeah. Unlike Fast and Furious. Oh God. Shannon, it always works. Like every no, every no. new movie, yeah. there's a new brother or something that like. <laughs> there's like not. Or like now. <laughs> no, there isn't. Now there was a new person that was here at movie four. There was a person that was here the whole time. Jason Momoa, who was here the whole time. And you didn't know. Oh, actually, I was in the backseat of the car the whole time. I didn't what? see fucking Jason That's Momoa. Not what happened? Okay, anyways, but regardless, yeah. But Jason Momoa is in the new one, and yeah. he's great in it. Okay, so but like a lot of these long-running <laughs> series kind of have to do like revisionary storytelling, you know, storytelling, yeah. and yeah. and I think Mission Impossible does a good job of not damaging what's already been put out there. Yeah, because oftentimes the way they do it, it's it's a semi-minor detail where it's like oh hey this is like a little piece that we'll talk about we'll use it to help aid the plot but it's not so critical that it's going to break everything like yeah, we still got the mission and everything that takes paramount presence in the story but it it's little hints of like oh yeah this is how this happened this is how these characters met that's things the like stakes that. a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, and the yeah. best the best use of it in movies is when you don't even notice it and it adds to older movies. You're like, oh, yes. That, yes. like now I get why this is a thing. Like there's a gap in the whole story that you could use your imagination for, but it fills it in, but it's not disruptive. Yeah. That, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Perfectly and fine. I think that this one does that too in adding this kind of hint of this backstory between Ethan Hunt and Gabriel. And there's, I think Gabriel's a really cool character. I'm excited to see him yeah, in the future. I yeah. don't think he's as cool as... Philip so, Seymour Hoffman? No, well, yeah. See, Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably the best villain. That was dope. And they... Und- they that? I, that was, was in the, the third one. Third one. And I the feel... The plane one? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I, he's like about to push him out of the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, I feel yeah. like... Th- I still feel like well, there's I'm so gonna, much more they could have done. I'm going to find her. And I'm going to kill her. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, there's so much more they could have done with that character. But then, Sol- what was it? Solomon Lang? I thought he was cool in the last two. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was cool they did a kill you over there. That was cool. Ethan Hunt. He liked Henry Cal. Well, Cal. he just worked for Solomon Lang. I thought that Solomon Lang was the cool bad guy. Mm. But Henry Cavill, yeah, I mean, he literally reloaded his biceps. In the that, was cool. <laughs> that was cool. That's still cool. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, hey, hey, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, I think we talked about it, like, that in the behind the scenes thing where he was like, yeah, no, my arms are tired. So I just, like, shook him off. And it was like, the director pops up and like, yo, remember that thing? again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. And now he does, like, people ask him to do it all the time. Yeah. Hey, you your arms. Yeah. He's like, God damn it. Uh, so bad. But I guess if you're watching this one, you know, what you're looking for is the action set pieces. Mm-hmm. And there's there's plenty. Like, And they focus on like, it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's plenty. There's a really cool, pretty tense and fun airport scene in the beginning mm-hmm. where Ethan Hunt is trying to stay away from, like, the CIA or FBI or whatever it is that's whatever after him. Whatever agency, yeah. Um, while also trying to find this other guy and find the key. Yeah. And he's like, it's a chase scene which is really cool there's a cool desert scene in the very beginning where they're riding horses and like oh, yeah. infiltrating this desert i don't know hut there's like a <laughs> cool train chase scene and that leads like shannon said into a big crash where they're like running up actual vertical train car sets that was cool that reminded me of uncharted 2 it reminded me of inception when it was like really rotated. yeah oh you know, yeah like no, I can see that. they kind of wrote it's an actual physical set that they're yeah. rotating but oh that's dope um there's he jumps off a cliff on a motorcycle and parachutes in. He, which is like, real. Yeah, yeah. There, he, there's Don't forget a the car chase scene in Rome. Car chase scene, which what is real. There's yeah. There's a a 
fight scene in a club and then another fight scene in a little alley. Like, there's a ton it's of It's always action. a thing in action movies, too. A fight scene in a club. Because clubs dope. are cool spots yes. to do fight scenes. It's and it's like, fire. it's so it's funny also... because nobody in the club seems to, like, really care. But I think that that's why. <laughs> but I think that that's, I think maybe that's why. Because, like, in a club where you're, like, everyone's jumping and fist pumping and like it's loud and stuff you maybe wouldn't notice at least not right away if a fight is breaking out Unless, right until you hear the gunfire like like, yeah but like, ah. yeah yeah i don't think you would Shannon. i'm pretty observant okay. of my surroundings all right but yeah i mean <laughs> is that funny? if you're coming in for action it, this this one has all of that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i i i think yeah for 61 he's still doing it there's also a couple really quick observations yeah there's more comedy in this one than I remember from being like in any other. Wait, hold on. Wait, pause. Mm-hmm. I thought there was more comedy in like say Ghost Protocol and really? a little yeah. bit more Rogue Nation. Really? I thought that there definitely was a lot Ghost of... Protocol. Jeremy Renner and uh, Simon Pegg being yeah. on the same film. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe it's just cr- like Ethan Hunt's character being more comedic was in tone. He? Yeah, mm-hmm. there, the whole car chase scene is the whole thing. Oh yeah, okay. No, I see is, what you're saying. His hand is handcuffed to her right hand, and he needs it to, to like. I, that so, whole thing is like, yeah. and then they get in a tiny little car, is which is comedic? basically owned. No, no, yeah, there's some levity in there. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, which is, the, the tiny car is basically only for comedy's sake. Yeah, it's yeah. Not really that was like literally a, me and Oliver in San Diego because I made him rent a little Fiat. Yeah. <laughs> for literally zero reason, and then she was scared of it in the, on the highway. So it's like, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. I love that. But no, okay, so I see what you mean in that context because the interactions between him and uh, I keep forgetting the actress's name what, what's her name uh, her I actually Haley, don't know what her name Haley is Haley Atwell is that what it is uh, yes Haley Atwell woo I got it right yeah. somehow and she's cool as fuck and and she's Peggy Carter um, so carry over from the MCU she's what she's Peggy Carter she was uh, what was it Steve Rogers love interest in Captain America and she's also in the What If series she was the British Captain America. Captain America. Captain, Bird- Captain Bird- 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 yeah. 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 So she's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, no, seeing her in this film is actually pretty like like awesome because I'm like, oh, sweet. I haven't seen her in like a yeah. film in Hot Man. Let's uh, see how she does. And it's fun seeing them interact and like her character and everything. It's really cool. And that's another thing I appreciate. So the way that the characters are reacting to these situations. So Haley Atwell's character, she's a thief, which is kind of interesting because it reminds me of the second film because the main yeah, how pr- he met her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's I was like, stealing. she was a thief too. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Oh, so, yeah, I guess it is interesting. I didn't think about that. Carry on what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I picked up on a different thing. Oh, wait. oh, really? Well, okay, we'll get on that yeah, in just a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way that she was in, like reacting to the whole idea, like, hey, I'm just a thief. I'm just trying to make go by with my own shit. Why the fuck is all this shit happening? And she's like reacting like kind of like how a genuine person was. Like, this shit's kind of crazy. I'm just trying to survive. And Yeah, the, but then she went fisticuffs with gabriel which was like how do you know to fight so well okay well, so we'll it's one of those things where it's like oh you're a thief you gotta like know how to defend yourself yeah, when it comes to what i'm not saying it bothered me but i'm just like mm. what i kind of liked about her character she was like yes she was another burnett hot woman that tom cruise's character fell in love with <laughs> but <laughs> she was different than all the other ones mm. because she like you, you are talking about how she like got into this fight with gabriel's yeah. character but she was like, she genuinely showed fear and like, oh yeah, panic and didn't know what the fuck she was doing well, the, like a lot of the time. And I kind of liked that. What I think, like, yeah, what yeah. That worked I, for me. I think what I liked most about her character was that she's a thief. You know, that's like what, mm-hmm. like what her her first kind of trait is that you meet her from. And she kind of remains that scoundrel thief 
all the way yeah. until the end. Like, yeah. she fucks over Tom Cruise, like, so, so many times. He's just trying to, like, help her. He's already fallen in love. He's just, <laughs> well, like... I don't know if he's fallen in love. Oh, he has, He has a but... wife still that he's, like, protecting. That's the whole point. His wife has, like, moved on. Well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, but that was the whole point of Fallout was... But anyways, yeah. I thought he was going to be end up with Ilsa. Until, Spoiler alert, Ilsa's dead. Yeah, that's... But I, I almost felt like they're setting her... She grace. died twice, basically. I almost, I almost <laughs> thought that they're setting <laughs> Grace sorry, to be the up. next, like... Love big, interest? No, next like, lead. Like, next secret agent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, well, in no, a way, they, they like, recruited Why her. Why do yeah. they keep killing off the girls, though? Uh, well, okay, so that's kind of... So, is there a reason for it? So here's the funny thing. So when I was watching uh, the Daniel Craig films with um, one of my friends, she also pointed this out too. Could that this happens all the time? Where it's like the chicks that Daniel Craig falls for basically die, and it's, it's like, seriously? oh yeah, that keeps it's happening. It's a love interest. Yeah, it's because it's love and interest. You can't like, frankly, where the series is now. At least you can't kill Tom Cruise, so you kill his love interest. Not unless it's final movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. Where we're oh, yeah, at yeah. right now in yeah, the yeah. series. Um. But I, it, it, it's one of those things where it kind of it, it's like a stab at the main character. Gets, like everything that you care for is gonna die, right? Because of your very existence, and that fucks uh, up. If they right. kill his BFFs, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I mean mm. everybody loves Luther. Luther. Oh, Luther's Luther, like the I was best to think of his name. dude and, ever. And, uh, they ever what's, kill Luther? What's Simon I'm going Pegg? on uh, keep forgetting. Keep calling him Simon. Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg's name is Benji. Benji! Yeah. yeah. Oh, Benji. They're the best. Benji yeah. and Luther. See, that's the other thing about the Mission Impossible series that they do well is that you actually I give a shit about the team. I love how consistent they are. Yeah, yeah. With them, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of, they did a really good thing, which is on the fourth one, they kind of established this crew and kept it for the rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Is like, super... they do have, like, pop-in-and-out characters that are there for, yeah. like, just the movie, but yeah. they're still good. Like, for Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation in particular... The characters that they had pop in that were part of the team, I still enjoy them. Like there was yeah. like there were female um what was it agents that kicked ass and they had the unique like you know mini arcs and stuff and they were like cool as fuck and they were just a part of the team as any of the other films and yeah. they were awesome and they didn't die which was nice. Yeah. So, so you when we were talking about the comedic aspects of it, I I did feel like this had more levity in it than previous Mission Impossible movies. Not that like, that was a bad thing. I, I'm still like surprised that it's more levity compared to like. Things yeah. like Ghost Protocol, because that yeah. definitely had Maybe more Maybe I levity. don't remember Ghost Protocol, the comedy in it as much. I mean, oh, yeah, fair. there was like small moments, but there was like whole scenes in this that were existed just for. Oh, so you're saying like an entire laugh. like sequence I'm that not talking, was like yeah, much you know, more all like the other ones, All the other ones will have like a moment where it's like, you know, there's a quick funny moment in like an action scene or something, but right. this one had like actual scenes kind of built around a So comedy. that's what you mean by that. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like, again, the tiny Fiat was one. And th- I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just saying, like, right, it's right, an observation. Right. It's much more deliberate. Like, oh, yeah. this is, like, much more of a comedic, like, a lighthearted take compared and, to, like, And I actually dramatic. really, I actually thought the, the Fiat scene was super funny because it's, like, this stupid, <laughs> fast little Fiat. Yeah. And, and they just keep trading seats in it. Oh, yeah. And then she's driving and just doing donuts around the... Oh, God. That, that was, was funny. so like, funny. That was funny. She's, like, like trying can't, to... Look... Can't figure out. And I think that Tom Cruise <laughs> and Haley Atwell have really good chemistry. Yes, I was just about to say. Like, those two are great. Okay, like, you're going to turn right? You're going to try... Okay, you're taking left? It's like Shannon every time we drive. It's like, okay, <laughs> take a right, take a right. Okay, that was a left. Okay, we're going to keep going. And now you need to go straight. And you need to go faster. And you need to stop. And then it just takes to be like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that. Yeah, uh, you just don't know left and right. I do know my left and right. Even though I can no. totally see you guys having that exact you conversation. You do not right. know your left yes, and right. Yes, I do. Oh You're lying on podcasts. I'm not lying on podcasts. Yeah. I know my left and right is. But in the moment when I have to give a quick answer, this way. Okay, good. I'm yeah. 
<laughs> there was like a that five. Was the there was like a split second hesitation. <laughs> you couldn't see it. On, you can't. You won't be able to see it, dear viewer. But there was a moment of panic when she was asked that. You got it right, but there's a split second where you could see it's, the gears. I turning. don't know, but like my brain, my brain knows. But when my brain needs to answer real quick, it just usually like, it just like doesn't give the. It's right like blurred answer. screens, like static. Like oh god, yeah. everyone's like just pun up it's your the hand and make the L, and I'm like I already know. <laughs> I know what my left and right is, but for some reason there's a gear in my brain that doesn't turn when I need to be asked it really quick. Wait. But I do know my left okay. and right. Okay. Anyways, where I was going with that, though, <laughs> is that there was... So as much as there was a lot of comedy in this, I swear to fucking God, there's so much sleight of hand in this. Like, Oh, my like, God, dude! It's like... It was like Tom Cruise was like, you know what everyone loves about the first Mission Impossible? And they were like, what? He was like, Kirshner? And my fucking magic trick I did with that CD. That's oh, what yeah. everyone loves. Because, oh, God damn it, everyone is like, a magician oh, look, at this. Look at my left like, hand. Yeah. Now there's this thing. Oh, it's gone. Dude, and it, it, my it, right it, hand. And like, I love it. No, dude. I'm not saying I hate it, but it's just like, it's all the fucking time. Dude, it gave me like, now you see me vibes. Like, yeah. hardcore. I was like, I, what the I, fuck? I, yeah. <laughs> my buddy was like, yeah, this is the, seek, the, the best magician movie since Now You See Me. It's just like, yeah, all the time. I was like, so when did like, fucking Tom Cruise learn like, magic tricks? Like, this, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's a lot of it. And it's, it's not, yeah, it's not bad, but I just thought that that was really funny. I noticed it because it was like, yeah. by like the fucking 17th, you know, pickpocket <laughs> or like, you know, look at my hand and now the key's gone. And where is it? Oh, it's in your pocket. You know what I mean? Like, by the 17th time that happened, I was like, what the fuck is happening? They really wanted to harp in on it because it is a payoff at the very, very, very yeah. end. At the very end, yeah, I mean, obviously that is a big... I mean, they actually use it a lot. They it's do. like a major plot device <laughs> to like yeah. get things where they need to be. Like, But it's... Yes, there is a payoff, and it's not bad. It's just really funny. It was like, yeah, no, like I absolutely agree. Top secret spies that like have all these gadgets and stuff, but then the ultimate gadget that they use in the it's end of the, the movie magic is the fucking magic. Where they're like, "Oh, you need the key? It's not on me anymore. It's in his pocket." And it's like, "Oh no, now it's in this guy's pocket, and now <laughs> I have it, and it's behind my hand." And the ultimate like sleight of hand stuff is yeah crazy. Well, that actually, um, so this wanted to touch back on something that was pretty fascinating. So with the, when we were talking about the additional world building elements that they've introduced in this film, one of the unique story beats is that it harkens to Ethan Hunt's past before IMF. And that's where Gabriel comes into play. And then the loss of apparently this woman that he was connected to for whatever reason, <laughs> that, that's going to be explained. We'll find later. out. Maybe, we'll, we'll find maybe out. it we'll pays find off. Out. We don't maybe know. Maybe it doesn't. Right. But it kind of hints at the idea that Ethan Hunt was a criminal or like did some shady shit before the IMF and yeah. he was caught and they gave him a choice. You either go to jail, you're going to get hunted down, hunted down, or you will join the IMF. And the reason that is introduced is that they give that same choice to Haley Atwell's character where it's like, yeah. okay, so his situation. I'm glad you're alive, but with what the authorities know, if you go out there, you're going to go to jail or you're going to die. Or you can join us, which is the reasonable choice because A, you'll live, and B, it will be a good opportunity for you to change life around. Do you feel like they're setting up Haley Atwell to be the next like lead of Mission Impossible? So I know mm. that's been something that's been done for a lot of franchises. Like that's what they've been trying to do. I don't think I don't think they'll do that. James Bond. I don't think they'll do that. And to that degree, I also agree that I don't think they're gonna do that because yeah. for fuck's sake, just and I series. and I'm like you know me. I'm all about like a strong female lead, and if they 
made an action movie with a strong female lead, that'd be great. But I just There's don't. Action movies with strong female no, leads. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if they if that's what they did, it'd be great. But I, no, it actually wouldn't be great. And in any other scenario, it'd be great. In this scenario, it would not be great. So you're what you're saying. What you're both saying is you think that, or you feel that Tom Cruise is Mission She's Impossible, just an, she, and yeah. that he cannot be replaced. She, is that what you're yeah, saying? I think hmm. that Grace yeah. is just the new Ilsa. Yeah, but she is until still her own until character. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe like, you could be right. Like in the span of the story, you think they're she... going to continue Mission Impossible and have Grace take over? No, I think that I think that there's a good chance that in the next movie or in the next couple movies, if they keep it up, that Tom Cruise is getting older. They build up her character to be like, something they could make a spin-off Mission Impossible series on. Yeah. Maybe, but also I think in the span of the story, I think yeah, what they're also going to do is. The thing that they're doing is, that in John Wick, did they? They're doing that. Oh shit! Yeah. But real quick, I just don't know if I like that. Fair, but here, here's what I'm thinking: is what they're going to do with how they've treated Ethan Hunt's character and his emphasis on saving people, and even in this film, him sparing someone's life actually directly led to them like actually getting saved. His emphasis on giving a shit about other people, even at the end of what most uh, in part two, what I imagine will happen is Ethan Hunt will either sacrifice himself or in some way, shape or form, move on from the IMF and Grace will continue on as an agent. But in doing so, she will be in a way continuing his legacy by participating in this and just reforming her life and being the best agent that she can be. So it's like in the universe, she hit Tom Cruise's legacy and his friends is continued on in a way. So Grace is like yeah. a representation of that. So I think that's kind of what's happening in this regard. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess we're kind of in a transitional movie because this is part one. So we can't really speak to what it's going to look like, you know, until it's all finished. Yeah. True. So I had an interesting thought that came into mind, I think, right after the film. And it's kind of a continuation of what I mentioned earlier. So you know how I was talking about how after watching a more dense film, like, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer, at least, like, denser, mm -hmm. and then watching a film like, what was it, Mission Impossible, you, well, at least for me, I was sitting back and I was thinking to myself, like, why am I not feeling as if, like, this a lot, a lot to talk about after watching this film? And, you know, now with, there's a lot to talk about. I'm glad that you of, also felt that way because we felt that way too. Yeah, yeah. And I just realized that if you consider how a lot of movie reviewers, they watch a ridiculous amount of movies back to back to back. I can better understand now over time when you deal with like, say films that are much more thought provoking and enthralling it. It's like if you're a food critic and you eat so much fucking food that anything that stands out makes you go like, Ooh, but the more generic or samey type stuff. While for most people, cause they have a much more spread out time between meals and stuff. It's like, oh, sweet. It's like a much more appreciative experience. But for a food critic, and in this analogy, a movie critic, they have so much stuff that things start to blend together. And the in-depth stuff is much more enticing because it's much more you can dig in. But stuff like Mission Impossible, it's like, oh, it's just another summer blockbuster and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, was this what... Like, I'm not a... Well, maybe one day I might be a movie critic. But right now I'm just a dude that drinks beer. But... <laughs> but... 
I mean, just had a thought of like, Nothing is this wrong what, with that. I know, right? Is this what Roger and Ebert basically experienced like back in the day? Was this what movie critics have to deal with? Like, oh God. And it's like, am I losing my appreciation of like movie 70? It was like, it's like, like you have a mini existential crisis, but it was, it was an interesting thing to experience recognizing that when you have that back-to-back type of experience watching films, mm-hmm. you really get to understand why some people have a detaste for certain types of films because maybe they just lean so heavily either naturally or because they dive so much into a certain type of film that something like this, it's not enough for them to I like sink the teeth I think into. The same, well, what, what, I think, sorry, go what ahead. What I was going to say is I, I think the same is really true the other way too though. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that, like, yeah. Absolutely. There's a re- there's a I think there's a reason why like I feel like we say this all the time but like there's a reason why like Marvel movies continue to be like big block big hits at the at the theater and mm-hmm. why like Fast and Furious continues and Transformers and like those and I'm and you know I said this a, again a hundred times it's not a dig but just like I think totally that it's <laughs> the I think that you know people that enjoy those movies or maybe the people that show up to theaters for those movies type of thing, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, they may feel the inverse of what you're feeling. Oh, yeah. That, like, yeah. they watch a movie, maybe, like, Mission Impossible isn't a good example, but... Like, say, like, like, There Will Be Blood or something like that. Actually, that might be a decent example. Yeah, maybe, like, yeah, There Will Be Blood, and they're like, yeah, no, this ain't it. This yeah. is too slow, or this is too whatever, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. even Shannon has been guilty of that in the past, like... The Lighthouse. That's probably so. <laughs> yeah, even I guess even less, but like you know, just like I'm not even talking about like weird movies. I'm talking about like movies that aren't paced in that same way. Yeah. Um. And so I think like mm. once you start to really dive into those movies that are yeah maybe more dense, and you start to find that you like those, then all of a sudden your taste for the lighter movies, maybe even like Mission Impossible, starts to change. Where you, you maybe you still appreciate it, but it's not to your taste as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that I never become that way because I enjoy, right. I, I don't ever want to be cynical in that way. Oh yeah. Fair. And I, I enjoy dumb light movies way too much for me to like, I hoped for me to ever be like, eh, no, I don't, you know, right. I'm too and, good for this. Right. No, I totally get that. And that's why it's good to have a variety, like a good sense of variety when it comes down to like mu- movie taste. I almost said musical, um, but true too with music, but movie taste <laughs> as well, because it kind of helps. don't ever make me watch a musical. Oh my god! I didn't realize I feel that way about movies. I mean, not musicals. That actually is great because, well, I, I don't know what it is, but musicals for me, like maybe, it's, maybe I just have a uh, immediate like about it. But yeah, no. Ugh. But but <laughs> if you think about it, Disney movies are somewhat musical, so we've kind of had that synced in a little bit. So if you yeah. do it right, it could work. So I'm I'm still open to it, but not my first yeah. preference. But okay, back to what I'm saying. So when it comes down to appreciation of movies it's good to have a healthy variety in the sense that it helps maintain that appreciation on all sides like oliver was mentioning so yeah no i, I get that it's just it was just fascinating that i had that little thought it's of funny like, i oh, did God. i didn't have that thought and i also watched you know, yeah yeah, some yeah more dense movies although i don't know that i would call i mean that's a topic for another time i don't know if i call barbie dense but like well not dense but like much more like in there that's being explored yeah yeah, no, yeah definitely really yeah. more definitely more definitely more nuanced for sure there we go yeah nuance there we go yeah yeah, yeah. More like i think like a good word for that one is dense yeah no i can see that for sure so yeah honestly i would say at this point what else comes to mind when it comes down to this film i mean normally we have a few questions we ask you know at every single movie review that we do 
Mm. But I think like a lot of them we've already answered because this this entire episode has not even become the Dead Reckoning Part 1 episode. It's kind of just become the Mission Impossible and movie episode where we yeah. talk like I think that's kind of like the like, thing when you do a series. I mm-hmm. mean, this is our first series, but yeah. it just kind of becomes like a big mumble jumbled So I guess at this podcast point, episode, <laughs> really, I guess we're just kind of at ratings. Right? Don't look at me. Taylor? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I'll start it. Taylor. Yeah. So when it comes down to Dead Reckoning Part 1, it is a fun action spy thriller. It is fantastic when it comes down to setting up the set pieces, practical effects. The acting is on point in terms of what you expect. The new characters, Hayley Atwell's fantastic. It is a fun experience. You don't feel as if anything's too ridiculous or too goofy. It is a spy thriller with some, you know, you suspend some disbelief here and there, but it's still a fairly grounded film. Mm -hmm. And it is worthwhile to check out. It's been doing well in the box office for a damn good reason. It's a damn good film. And with it as a part of the whole Mission Impossible franchise, it fits well. And I'm actually excited to see part two, which I hope is the last one because they should <laughs> capstone this because I it's dare, a good franchise. I'll put money on it that it won't be. I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise came out and said that he'll keep making them as long as people keep watching. Oh, I mean, fair. I respect that and also make some money, but still. Oh, God damn it. We get Tom... In the Walker, Tom Walker. That would be for <laughs> Tom Walker Cruz. At least he's not. At least he's not Paul Walker. You know, dating children. It's okay, stop. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. What? That's a discussion for another day. Yeah, you know, Paul Walker, the one that everybody loves, that like actually dated like teenagers. Wait, yeah, you talking about Fast and Furious? Yeah. Paul? yeah. Oh, yeah. not speaking. Anyways, not Taylor, speaking what is your rating? Oh, that was like, I was like, what? I was like, what happened? <laughs> But um, no, uh, I, yeah, in terms of rating for this film, I'll give it a solid four. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I would also give it a four. Damn. I, I think it's, <laughs> I thought about it a while. I think I gave Fallout four and a half. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, and like I said earlier, this is still good, solid, fun movie. <laughs> uh, just slightly beneath at least what I enjoyed out of fallout mm-hmm. maybe they could go up with part two maybe part two yeah. adds to this i hope it does um but yeah i think four that's where i'm sitting what about you shannon i'm gonna give it a three i had a feeling interesting okay yeah. Yeah. i want to see something different with i just don't the mission yeah. Impossible. i don't know that you're gonna get that honestly. i know I, I think like i like as far as the action and stuff like goes i'm fine with that it's great but i just want them to like you know i literally could predict the Mission Impossible movies at this point. Yeah, they do have Tom a formulaic Cruise type of gets set. gets a mission, a meets a girl along the way. <laughs> he doesn't always meet a girl. Falls off a cliff or falls off a building. Falls off of something. Falls <laughs> off of something. I guess that's... <laughs> I, before, before we wrap up, just to have you elaborate a little bit further, I don't... You love... We've, we've just talked about it a lot, and that's why I'm going to add it again. Mm, you yeah. love the Fast and Furious movies, but like... They do the same thing every single movie too. Uh, yeah, maybe this time no, they go they to go space. Extra every single they kind time. okay. Like, I think they that's... change it up no, next. I don't. Next, I bet you next one, or maybe the next next one, they're gonna go back in time and go to dinosaur land. I swear to God, that'd be some goofy shit. And so his thing. Love it. <laughs> that is, I think that's where films like that that are not afraid to kind of go like fucking crazy about it keep audiences invested because like where are they going to go next type of deal because 
it is kind of goofy the idea like they literally launched a fucking well not literally but in the film this the concept that the characters are launching cars into space that's goofy as shit yeah. but you want to know what fucking... Right, right. Everything about it is goofy. Right, right. But it's like the idea, like, in what story circumstance would lead these guys that were street racers into space? Like, you want to, like, a party kind of wants to figure out, like, what it's led great. them to that. Shannon, yeah. just, just to, Here, just okay, to talk about Okay, here's my the... hot take. We're getting off a of Fast and Furious topic because I fucking love it. And I'm oh, shit. tired of this bad talking of it. <laughs> <laughs> here's my hot take on Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. Which, these words will never come out of my mouth ever again. I think I would enjoy it more if there wasn't a female involved in it. Wait, what? Only because it's so predictable. <laughs> I need them to like <laughs> be unpredictable in this next one. Wait, so hold on. They... I don't even want to dive into that because I feel like... Wait, wait, wait. The, the only thing I would argue against that is with Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, I feel like those were the two main ones that did something different. Like, I don't think any of the female leads died at all. And the last two... But there was the still same... female... Like, he still meets a female along the Not way. Not the last two. Last two, it's been Ilsa. <laughs> he meets a female. In the last two. <laughs> but he me- so he meets Ilsa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Like three movies ago. Okay. And then the movie after that, he meets the blonde chick. Granted, it's maybe not... Oh, like yeah. The, uh, completely the, the a part poker. of, like... Maybe it's not, like, completely huh? the same thing. The one that Haley Atwell disguises as in the train. Yeah. The White Widow? Yes, yeah. the White Widow. Yeah, but she there's always There's always just a girl that he's meeting along the way. But she's, the White Widow's like a... I a don't care. A reoccurring like, bad guy. What, what I'm saying it's is different than I want it to be just him, Luther, and Benji next time. That's it. I don't think Nobody you're else. ever going to get that. So wait, wait. You just don't want a female like involved in it? Which I never would ever say that ever again. So so ne- wait, wait, are you saying because either it's, it's she dies... It's just di- so predictable. Either she dies... Or she gets involved with Tom but Cruise. They don't always but die, though. Actually, I feel like most of them don't. They don't. No, yeah, most that's why I'm thinking. Do. Well, no. that's why I'm thinking. Ghost name, Protocol and Rogue Nation. They were like out pretty, the, like legit. They just like the were there, helping the team that have died, save the world. They all blend into one movie for me, so I don't know. I don't think like besides the very beginning of the third one, where the, there's like the that, first female dies. Yeah, she did. Yeah, well, she, yeah. So she, so Elsa she died. dies. Well, oh, I guess, it? yeah. I guess if you count Elsa in this last movie, and then the third one, that the third one, yeah. there's a woman that, the, yeah, but it was, it was the within the first ten minutes, it was one that, that we had never met. She had like died as the mission. It was like a yeah, completely and, and, and that was it. That's it. And I didn't even think of her because she wasn't even in the movie. It was like the beginning of the movie. Died. It's very predictable. Of like what happens to the movie. That's, that's your opinion. A... That's so strange for you. It's not my opinion. It's actually facts at this point. No, it's. There's a burnet woman I feel like that Tom one... Cruise gets involved with every wait, single wait, movie. Wait, isn't Elsa like more of like a not, not like a redhead, but nope. she's like a like brown yeah. haired ish. Brown yeah. hair. Wait, no, Elsa. Wait, what? Brown hair. Oh, oh, I guess brunette. Yeah, yeah. Burnett, brown. Wait, I, oh yeah, Haley Atwell does have brown. Mm. They all look the same. Literally, no, Ilsa not, looks not all exactly. The same. No, oh Ilsa. Wait, hold on. No, she no, doesn't look exactly Ilsa the same. Looks exactly like his wife, and then. Grace kind of looks like both of them too. Grace does not wow. look like you both of them. Hold on, wait a minute. Pause. So pause. Hold on. Pause. No, pause. No, no, no. No, hold on. Exactly the same. No, they, 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 they are different. Different. Right. We no. got to wrap this up. Oh boy. All I'm saying is they need a they need to shock me. So wait, wait. So what you're saying is they need a blonde. Actually, there's a blonde. No, what I'm saying about it. Wait, what are we doing here? 
I got it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Ethan Hunt and Luther fall in love. Okay, you need to shut this shit down now. <laughs> shut, it down. Doing, shut it down. Shut it down. Nope, we're done. <laughs> shut right. it down. <laughs> All right. This is Ben. <laughs> shut it down. Three-way with Ethan Hunt, Luther, and Benji. What the oh, fuck are we doing? Okay, we're going to take out this Mission Impossible fan yeah. pick from, like, early 2000s and take it out. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, no, no. take us in the backyard also, and just shut that shit. The past, no. like, ten minutes, don't even take... Because he's... <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even know what she's on about. No, like, well, in, in terms of drink no counter, she's like, what, guys. going through the second she's one? going through the second one. Uh, I finished my first. I am still going through my first. I'm just yeah, saying. Right. No, so no, This no, has no, been Cinema no. Hangover. Yep, We're this, signing out. Yep, cut. Bye. Cut. Bye, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Hey everyone, if you want more Cinema Hangover, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also post episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you have any movie suggestions or questions, drop a comment on any of our social medias. Also, if you have any drink recommendations, be sure to let us know. And again, thank you for listening.